Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Teeth Matter. I'm your host, Ellie Halabian, DDS, and in this week's episode, we are talking to Dr. Patrick Angel. Dr. Patrick Angel is a general dentist out in Las Vegas, Nevada. He graduated dental school back in 2019 and in just a few short years has become a practice owner. It's incredible to see the amount of growth he's had. Not only that, but he has a coaching program and a consulting program for existing dentists. Let's dive into this conversation. Hello, Dr. Patrick. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. It's been a couple weeks in the making, and I know we have a lot to talk about. Um, But before we dive into everything, just give us a little bit of background as to where you did your training and where you are now. Yeah, of course. So I went to dental school in Detroit, graduated in 2019, moved out to Las Vegas and had been working as an associate for about two years and then bought my office in 2021. And I've just been trucking along doing my thing as an owner for a little over two years. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. I think one of the biggest questions for a lot of new dentists is, where do you settle? And it sounds like you were in Detroit, and then you just said you moved to Vegas. Are you from Vegas? Did you have any experience in Vegas? How did you pick your settling point? So I'm originally from Southern California. Okay. And obviously went to school out there, but I kind of had in my mind certain places that I was thinking of moving to after I graduated. One, obviously, being staying in Michigan because Mm -hmm. of the connections I have over there because of school. Another being Texas because it's a booming place, no state income tax. And I knew I wasn't going to go back to California because it's just ridiculous in terms Mm -hmm. of the taxes you got to pay, the cost of living, all that nonsense. It's just not worth it for anybody in any profession, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. to go out there when you're brand new and you're trying to make it. Right. And I got put into contact with uh, the guy that I ended up working for, who is my current business partner now. And he's got offices in Las Vegas. And it kind of dawned upon me. I'm like, Vegas is like Texas in the sense that there's no state income tax. It's a booming place for dentistry. Lots of people are moving there. It's got a bright future. And at the same time, I'm like, well, it's close to my hometown. So I'll be close to family if I want to go see them. It's not really, it doesn't really take a lot of planning to do that. So at the same time, Vegas is a lot more fun than anywhere else you can live, a lot better food. So I said, you know what, forget it. Like I wouldn't have been able to say that Vegas was on my radar at the start of fourth year. And uh, by the end, it was solidified as the place that I'm going to. That's great. I mean, it's it's nice to have that family around, but also the opportunity to grow and the financial gains, because it's really difficult and challenging um, at this moment. And I mean, I'm so happy to connect with you because for many reasons, and one of the reasons is that you do a lot of things other than dentistry. You have like this consulting service. One of your consulting services or masterclass is for patient case acceptance. Now, can you explain the concept of case acceptance and what that means for a dentist or how valuable is that for the dentist, but also for the patient? On the dentist side, I think it's everything because, I I mean, you probably remember in dental school, the kids that were just the straight A students, like 
their preps were the greatest freaking thing that you could have ever seen in SimLab. But when it came time to actually working on patients, they were the ones who were very far behind in terms of requirements. They were the ones that it was hard to get patients to do anything. And that's because they have no interpersonal skills, right? Mm -hmm. And that definitely translates into the real world. It's, it's everything. You can be the smartest dentist on the planet, but if you can't instill a sense of confidence into your patients, if you can't get your point across and get patients to start treatment, I don't care how many thousands of dollars you spend on CE courses. I don't care how, uh, how many different pieces of literature you read. If they won't start treatment, you're not going to, to do dentistry and you're not going to make money. And I think at the end of the day, it's very important because some of us naturally have, I wouldn't necessarily say naturally have interpersonal skills. I think different experiences that we've had in our life uh, growing up through childhood, if we were exposed to different sports or we were put in leadership camps and activities, obviously having jobs uh, as a teenager in your early 20s that required a lot of customer service, I think those kind of position people to just naturally have better interpersonal skills. And if you didn't have those experiences, it's it's very difficult for you to convey your thoughts to anybody at the end of the day, and obviously patients being one of them. And so that's kind of why I wanted to put uh, this course together is because I think it's very easy to learn these skills if you want to learn them, just like it is to learn how to do a root canal or to place an implant. Learning interpersonal skills is the exact same thing. You have to be very cognizant of what it is that you're trying to do. And at the end of the day, it's a skill that you have to learn if you if you want to be able to do dentistry the right way. And in terms of, of patient care and how that's important for patients, it's it's what allows them to get dentistry done and to have a certain level of trust in you and confidence in you, right? But at the same time, uh, it breaks down that barrier of fear that a lot of patients have because uh, so many people were traumatized going to the dentist as somebody who is very young. And if you can help them overcome a lot of those fears, if they have those fears, then uh, that that allows them to to proceed forward and get the care done that they ultimately need. One of my questions, piggybacking on that, is do you think that patient case acceptance can level up your dentistry or the type of dentistry that you do? Absolutely. Because if you're, it's very easy to get a patient to start fillings, right? Because in their mind, like it doesn't even matter. You don't have to be a dentist or anything. In their mind, they know every dentist does a filling. And one of the biggest barriers is finances, right? Mm -hmm. What does a filling cost? Like, honestly, we lose money doing fillings for the most part. So it costs nothing. So a patient's going to say, okay, yeah, I'm down to do a filling. Let's do it. I'm down to do a cleaning. Let's do it. That's not impressive getting a patient to start those types of things, right? And so the whole leveling up of dentistry and the type of dentistry you do, if you're able to convey uh, different types of treatments across why it's needed, how to, to, to go about doing it, uh, patients are likely to start at that mm -hmm. point. And that means you're able to place more implants or you're able to uh, do more all-on-fours or more cosmetic cases or whatever it is that you're trying to do right? And the more practice you have, the better you are at that skill. 
because lots of times you're going to experience challenging situations. And if you do one cosmetic case uh, a year and that's something that you want to do, well, that's not really impressive, right? But how can you go about doing that? And that's instilling in your patients or being able to convey uh, how to get that treatment started because getting a cosmetic case or placing an implant, the conversation that you have to have with the patient is very, very different than getting them to start a filling right. or a prophy, right? Yeah. And even that, it's like the difference between a prophy and SRPs. Mm-hmm. Like it's not hard to get a prophy started, but your hygienist is going to hate you if every single thing is a prophy when in reality, maybe half of them should have probably been SRP. Right. And that takes a certain level of skill as well. All of this takes time, right? And to, to convince them that they need this treatment and that, you know, they have to stay on this path, you have to kind of convey the importance and value of, of the treatment plan and what they need. Are there any technologies that you use to kind of convey that to them to maybe help the, have them buy into the plan? I think the biggest thing, like when it comes to bread and butter dentistry, basically being crowns, mm-hmm. is an intraoral camera. Okay. Like, I don't think there is anything better than that when it comes to why it is a tooth needs a crown, right? You take a snapshot of, of a tooth that has a fracture in it or a large decay, you show them to that, they're pretty, uh, how can you say no? Like, right. you're, you're making the conscious decision at that point in time, fully knowing that there's something wrong with your tooth. I get it if it's finances or something like that, but you cannot say at that moment in time as the patient, like, I don't know what so-and-so doctor is is explaining to me. It's like right here blasted in your face that you have something wrong. So I think an intraoral camera and taking photos is probably your best tool, right? And then, I mean, there's, there's obvious other things. I mean, if you want to increase your case acceptance with like root canals, a CBCT is going to help. Um, but at the same time, that's obviously a very huge investment. Uh, cosmetic cases, I think one of the big things is just utilizing, you don't even need a camera at that point in time. You just need your iPhone, right? Mm-hmm. And just take before and afters. And at the end of the day, if you show your patients that, and I would recommend like when you're trying to start, do a couple at very low cost. Because first of all, you're not good at doing cosmetic cases if this is your first one. So lower the cost. I'd say pretty much just kind of cover the lab bill and a little bit extra so you can kind of get your feet wet. Get a couple photos. And when you're showing uh, a patient what you did for somebody in the past, that's how I've been able to get my patients to do cosmetic cases. And they're just like, wow, like, all these teeth right here were so bombed out and you were able to do this with, with what you were given. I'm like, yep. And your teeth are nowhere near as bad as this, as this person's teeth. We can make magic happen. Right. Right. So it's an iPhone is one of the greatest pieces of, of technology. You know, that's funny. You said, uh, do it at low cost because I think a lot of young dentists, they want to get their hands on these smile transformations, but they also don't know where to start or they're too, they don't have the confidence to start because they know that once they touch a tooth, they're changing this person's identity because they will not look the same after. So you don't want to give them anything bad or worse, right? Um, Obviously, if you kind of like, if you don't charge too much, then you don't feel too guilty if the work isn't up to that, up to par. 
but obviously there are some courses that you might need to take in the last couple of years. Have you taken any um, cosmetic courses that you can share? To be honest, no, not cosmetic. Um, I mean, YouTube University, let's be real. It's, it's the greatest thing. Like, I don't think you need to necessarily take any course for anything unless you need like the CE credits. And the reason being is because all that information is online for free. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have just step by step on how to deal with every single unique situation, how to get the perfect cosmetic case, how to do the perfect all on four. Um, things like that are out there. So unless you need the CE courses, uh, the CE credits, I don't necessarily think it's necessary um, because free education tools are out there. Right. I mean, YouTube is my go-to for everything, the smallest thing. But n moving on, and now that you're a practice owner, I know you also have this coaching service for advertising and marketing. And dentistry has always been a profession that's been like recession-proof, it's withstood the test of time, um, but obviously markets are changing, and with things like social media and Instagram, there's a lot of competition out there. And as a small business, do you think dentistry is behind other the other small businesses out there um, in terms of advertising and marketing? Um, yes and no. Like you have a large segment of younger practicing dentists who are very savvy and understanding to the fact that your Google reviews got to be on point, that you got to have an online presence. And that's how you're going to ensure that your business thrives and continues to grow or at least uh, stays at the same level and you're able to kind of go through tough times. Obviously, the older generation, some of them get it, others don't. But the ones who don't, like, do they really care? I mean, they're going to be retiring in 10 years. And if you have, like, a very good patient pool and it's all referral-based and, and you haven't seen any changes to that, like, it doesn't really matter for you to kind of hop on board with that type of stuff. But I think if you're starting off mm -hmm. and you are trying to transition into practice ownership, whether you buy a practice, whether you build an office, uh, you have to, have to, have to have some sort of an online presence and it's got to be robust and you have to like continuously work at that because that's how you're going to separate yourself from your peers. I mean, we have as human beings, uh, we go through this thing called the social proof theory, which is essentially we don't want to make a purchase or we don't want to do something unless we see other people kind of approve of it, which is like kind of where Google reviews come in. Like we're not going to go to a restaurant if they have three Yelp stars versus four and a half or five Yelp stars, right? Because it's kind of been validated by other people that this place is good. And that's kind of the same way with social media. You may be a better dentist and you can – place implants with your eyes closed behind the back and the way that those restorations come out are going to be 10 million times better than me. But if I have more followers on Instagram, right, I'm probably going to get a lot more new patients through the non-word of mouth method, right? Mm -hmm. Because of the whole social proof theory, people are going to go online and they're going to say, okay, well, 
so-and-so doctor's got a lot of Google reviews and they have a lot of Instagram followers. Okay, like I've seen their ads a couple times as well. You know what? Like, let's go ahead and let's do it. And that's just how how the nature of the beast is going to be, right? If you're a practicing dentist who have been working for 10 years and you place a lot of implants, like it doesn't really matter as much for you as it does for somebody who's trying to do those cosmetic cases or trying to grow their practice for, for implants. Right. It seems like you have obviously a lot of experience figuring all this out, especially having opened up your own practice. Um, what was your biggest hurdle when it came to transitioning and becoming a practice owner? So I bought a failing office and the hardest part was having to essentially flip it, right? Like doing the transition of the new culture that, that I wanted to instill. That was the hardest part because when you build an office from scratch and you start fresh, the culture is what you make it, right? Like you hire the people that you want to have, uh, you instill in them what it is that you ultimately have in terms of your vision for a year, three years, five years down the road. And there's not hurdles of trying to get people to see what it is necessarily that you want to accomplish. But when you're buying an existing office, you have patients that are used to one way of how things are being done. You probably have staff there as well because you can't just blow the whole thing up because now you're going to turn away a lot of patients as well. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of let things ride out for a month, month and a half, kind of see how everything is, is flowing, who is buying into the systems that you're trying to implement, who's buying into your vision, who's not. Uh, and then you have to make those decisions a month, month and a half out of, okay, look, if you can't get on board with this, uh, we're going to have to move you, right? And at that same point, a month out, is when you really kind of make those strong changes of this is how we're going to do uh, X, Y, and Z. This is how we're going to do this thing. And that's when you can really start start forcefully making those changes uh, that you felt needed to be done, that you saw uh, because of the past month have to be implemented. Or now you look, okay, I liked these different components of the practice. We can we can uh, continue to do these things. And that's not necessarily rocking the boat. But if you come in initially and you start rocking the boat, you're going to turn off a lot of staff. I think the way to effectively do it is you show the team that you're you care, that you want to help them learn and grow. But then you also show them like, this is how we freaking do dentistry and I'm going to produce and I'm going to make us money, right? And when they see that you're, you're practicing what you preach and you're, you're able to walk the walk and not just talk the talk, they're going to be a lot more likely to buy in mm -hmm. one month, one month and a half in when you start really making those big changes that, that need to be done. It's interesting that you bought a failing practice. Is there a reason why you bought a failing practice? Man, I, I've just always kind of said that to myself like years ago. Like I was in, in a pre-dental, right? And I had met Mark Costas uh, way, way back in the day. And I remember reading his book and I'm just like, dude, I really just want to be able to flip something. Mm. Like I think that can be an easier process than building something from scratch. And at the same time, I think it's just very, it's very interesting and 
challenging in its own way. And it's just something I've kind of just been drawn to is, is fixing something. So what's your biggest lesson learned for a practice owner or someone who's going to become a practice owner? Biggest lesson learned? Um, your team is, is the most important. Like if you neglect them, if you show attitude towards them, if you don't appreciate them, things are going to fall apart because they will be your biggest advocate uh, when it comes to patients. They spend more time with the patients than you do. I mean, when they're in the x-ray room, grabbing x-rays, like they really get to know the patient. They get to know the problems that are going on. They hype you up on whatever it is that you're really good at. And you want a team that's going to go fight for you because times when they're great, everyone's happy, right? Everyone's just cheering for you. No one's having any issues. But when times get tough, like you're going to want to have people who go to bat for you. And every business has its ups and downs. And you want people who come there fighting and put patients first and foremost. And I think when when you help them learn and grow as individuals, that's when you can really uh, grow your, your practice, grow yourself as a dentist and, and reach that next level. I love that. I also want to ask you what your advice is for recent grads, because I know you do that real every day where you ask a, a professional what their biggest tip is. So for someone who's now a recent grad, what would you say? I have two things. One being mentorship. Like you need to find a mentor and ideally you're working in an office where there is an experienced dentist, either the owner or some other associate that's already there that you can learn from. And what I mean by learn from is more so the way that they communicate with their patients because the dentistry will come. It's the patient communication. Like those first couple weeks, you're not going to be doing a lot of dentistry. So hover around the door when that other doctor is presenting treatment and see the things, pick up on the things that they're saying uh, to the patient to get them to start certain types of treatment. But at the same time, the front desk, when they're in there uh, explaining the finances, when they're in there explaining that whole aspect of insurance, hover around the door as well. Listen to how they get the patients to start treatment as well, because those are very valuable pieces of information. Another being the financial aspect is we as young dentists coming out of school or just doctors in general, anybody that's gone through the route of healthcare just feels like we're very entitled. We've worked so hard uh, during our schooling and now it's time to celebrate. Let's go travel. Let's go buy a new car, buy a house or splurge on whatever, right? If your parents or somebody else wants to pay for that, go for it. Right. But if it's going to come out of your pocket, that's the dumbest thing you can do because you are already so much in debt. You're going to have so much money that you have to pay for all your different licenses from pharmacy to the state license to whatever other license needs to be done. And I imagine you're probably going to be moving into your own place at that point. So those costs are going to be very expensive. I mean, you have to put a deposit down. That's a couple thousand dollars. And then you got to do rent, which is, God, I don't even know at this point, three, four thousand dollars, depending on where you live. And so, and probably 
car expenses and all these different things. So you have all these like fixed costs, these sunk costs essentially that are going to be very high in the beginning. And then you're not going to be making any money for a couple months because naturally you have to get, if you're seeing insurance, you have to get credentialed with insurance. You have to build your patient population. So to expect that you're going to be making doctor money, that first paycheck is not the case, right? So I always tell student or young dentist or whoever when they're graduating and they're going to their profession revisit your finances six months down the road see where you're at and then start making those decisions but at the same time park your money and see how you're going to start splitting your money up between your expenses between how much you're going to save between how much you want to put into investing from the moment you make that first dollar your paychecks should be split up and going into different buckets because accidents happen, right? You may have a tire that explodes and you have to get that replaced, right? So if you build a little safety fund for your car, right? If you build a, a different safety fund for your rent and for possible expenses that can come up on that, like I think it's very, very important to do that because when those things happen, you're like, uh, whatever, no big deal. Like I had all this money set aside for this particular expense that I knew at some point it was going to happen. And here we go. And I just keep trucking along like it's no big deal and it doesn't affect my day in any way whatsoever. Right. And I think a lot of people don't do those types of things. And then when an accident happens or just something that they need to draw funds from, they're like, Oh man, like I don't have money. Like, like where, I got to put it on my credit card or something like that. And now your interest explodes and what you got to pay for monthly is, is going through the roof. So I think, I think that's probably the most important thing. Financial literacy is so important. And it, as dentists, I don't know the average person, but dentists definitely don't have it. Cause we're just so focused on the science and getting into school and surviving school. Um, but did you have by any chance like a financial advisor or is this something that you learned on your own? No financial advisor. I've, uh, I was an econ major in undergrad. This is just kind of stuff I'm really passionate about, but I've, I've really made it a point when I was young and kind of in my early twenties to really pick the brain of very successful people. And I'm, I'm not just talking about like dentists. I'm talking about like, uh, people in other fields as well, but definitely the successful dentists who are not working five days a week right? Who are in their 40s, 50s, they're working three days a week, like, okay, what are they really doing? If they're only working three days a week, you think they're making that much money as a dentist where they can only work three days a week? No, no, no. Like, they have set up stuff in their early 30s and their mid 30s and their 40s that allows them to work two, three days a week in their 50s, right? And you got to pick their brain, see what it is that they're doing, the things that they didn't do, the things they wish they would have done. And then you start doing those things because you learn from ex from those who are more experienced and you just follow the same path. Like why reinvent the wheel? Like maybe investment opportunities are a little bit different at this time versus 25 years ago, but the concept is still the same. Like you have to grow your wealth with the money that you make, right? can't be blowing it on Lamborghinis and things like that and watches and purses and stuff like every once in a while. Yeah. But use the money that's coming in from these other 
uh, passive income generating uh, vehicles that you have to pay for those types of things. I love everything that you're preaching. That's the dream. Three days a week, you know, investing, growing your wealth, um, basically creating systems that allow you to live that comfortable lifestyle, but also allow you to grow professionally, financially. Um, I love everything you just said. That really resonated with well, me. Thank you. I'm on that. I'm on that path right now, and I've. I think it's been an enlightenment in the last couple months. Uh, I've been reading a bunch of a bunch of books on financial literacy. What's your favorite? Uh, well, I just read uh, the Five AM Club, which I really enjoyed. Okay. Um, that was kind of like my mind really really impacted me. But the financial literacy book that I read was the Remy uh, Remy Sethi. Something like his name. It's very basic, straightforward. I recommend it for any of these young dentists because it's really easy to read and it's not as dry. Yeah. Because finances can be very dry and it's jargon really that I don't can. and jar, jargon that I don't understand. But that was pretty uh, straightforward. And so once I started reading that, I was like, okay, I can now understand what these terms are. Now I can like look into different options. I can start like budgeting myself and and figuring out finding the tools to kind of make everything work. So. Right now, I'm just in the beginning. It's just a hustle, right? So it's a hustle. You're playing catch up, and then hopefully, you you set those systems in place where you're cruising as opposed to catching up. I agree. I would read uh, the Changing World Order by Ray Dalio. He's one of the wealthiest men on this planet. He's ran a huge hedge fund, one of the most successful ones ever, and uh, it'll give you a lot of insight into finances. Uh, but also what exactly is going on in the world as we speak today mm-hmm. and how so much of this stuff was so predictable and why a lot of us who saw this coming were like, oh, well, here's another thing that I said was going to happen. Oh, this is happening too. And so you're kind of positioned in a place where like you're making more money uh, as the world's burning down because you knew like this was going to happen. Um, it Very, very interesting interesting book and i i think it sheds a lot of light on how cycles happen in the world i'll have to look into that um before i let you go is there anything else that you want to share with the audience that we haven't touched on yet not really but um uh actually i do want to ask you what piece of advice would you have for young new grads piece of advice i would give young grads is ask as many questions as possible Put yourself in a position where you're constantly open to opportunities and experiences because dentistry and you don't know everything and you don't know, you basically don't know anything. You come out of dental school knowing a limited number of, of procedures and materials and then you come into the working world and you see that everyone is using a different technique, everyone is using a different material and so things, this environment changes and the situations change and every patient is different. So if you can put yourself out there and do as much and ask as many questions, then you'll have more tools in your toolbox. I agree. Spot on right there. Let us know where like people can find you on Instagram. What's your handle? If they want to come on and take your course, your consulting and coaching course, where can they find information on that? Yeah. So, uh, my Instagram pat dot the dot dentist, um, I pretty much have everything on that, all the links in my bio to my Twitter, to uh, the coaching course, to literally everything, my YouTube channel and all that type of stuff is all over there. Uh, So that's pretty much the best place to find me.
fantastic. I'll put that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me on. If you enjoyed the episode, subscribe, rate, follow, review, share, all of it and any of it. If you haven't done so already, go back to our channel and listen to the other episodes that we've published. I hope you find some value in those too. Until next time, cheers.